0: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: And welcome to First Strike right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down everything which should be a really good card at UFC Fight Night in London this weekend, Volkov against Tom Aspinall. going to have, of course, Reed Kuhn, Jordan Sherwood, and Lou Finnecaro join us. But right now in studio, as we do each and every week, the man that sets the numbers behind us here at Circus Sportsbook is Nick Kalikas. Nick, great to have you back here. I'm excited about this card because when you look at it, and I'm sure we're going to get to how you set those numbers earlier in the week and how they've changed now. When you look at Aspinall, right, this is a fast riser now in this division. And Volkoff is kind of maybe the forgotten guy. We know the skill set that he has, but we also know this is in England. And sometimes you're going to bet with your heart a little bit. I wonder what you started off that line with, and now I'm seeing Aspinall up at around minus 120.
2: It was around a pick-em-flat with us. And then now we did get uh, Aspinall action, obviously. The market is seeing that Aspinall action, so the market has shifted to Aspinall as a slight favorite. But early on, Volkoff market-wide did open as a favorite. But again, the Aspinall side is a very popular side, trendy side. It's kind of one of those matchups, as we touched on earlier this week. Yeah. You know the rising prospect versus the solid vet. That's, That's what
1: it feels like okay. here. And again, five age uh, years difference here in age. He's 33 years old for Volkov, 28 for Aspinall. And, you know, I went back and just watched all of his fights again because you don't have to. They're not that long with right. Aspinall, right? Yeah. And I go, is this the case of this kid is now ready, or is the moment going to be too big for him? Because again, when you're fighting in front of your your countrymen and women, sometimes there's added pressure that comes with that. And now the sliding scale is big, being the bigger favorite rather than a pick I wonder if that's going to play into the handicapping here and the way people are going to bet it.
2: Yeah, no, that's tough. That's the interesting aspect of this fight as well. I mean, is he ready for that spot? Especially because, you, like you said, he, all of his fights have finished oh so goodness. quick. So if we get to see him around three, four, five, how is he going to perform? Again, with that pressure, with everything kind of in the mix, those are the unknown, the uncertainties that are going into this fight. But again, it's not stopping the action coming in his way right now.
1: I'm talking with Nick Lekas again, follow him on Twitter at Fight Odds as I do. And again, you alluded to it, Nick. We had, a, I thought, a really good conversation. First strike, first look Put that out on Tuesday. Here we are on First Strike on a Friday. Have you seen any buyback yet coming in on Volkov, and do you expect to by tomorrow?
2: I mean, just small stuff. Nothing significant, nothing like a, a max bet or an over-the-counter bet from a sharp or anything like right. that yet. But, yeah, I do expect to see some of that coming in tomorrow, for sure. I mean, like, we, we've we seen the quality of a heavyweight that Volkov is. Again, there's a lot of question marks on the other side for Aspinall. So the quality is going to be the plus money side for a lot of these people that are coming in bet late.
1: What about people that are going to look at that total and say three and a half? Obviously, it's a non-title fight, but it is a main event, so it's going to be a five-round fight. And you look at Aspinall's fight, you go, well, they they don't go three rounds. They don't go around. So now here I'm seeing it's pretty even here. Minus 115, minus 105 to the over. Any action coming in? Because I think it was pretty flat earlier in the week. So maybe a little bit coming in on the under?
2: No, well, we kind of, we're favoring the under slightly. So we're trying to track some of that over action. So we have been getting trickles on the over, but nothing, again, crazy significant. But on fight day, we will see these totals fly a little bit more so. Again, it's that uncertainty of three and a half rounds. It's kind of correlated more towards Volkov. I think if it goes over and under will be towards Aspinall.
1: You know, it's interesting when you look at the. Price for some of these uh, props, and you look at, say, by sub for Aspinall, right? Plus 650 And you go, well, he doesn't really submit, guys, right? He's right. looking for the knockout. Well, if you go back to the Andre Orlovsky fight, he hurt him badly with his hands, sunk in a quick choke, and that thing was yep. over. Are you expecting to see some of these bigger price points come in where people say, well, he can submit guys if he hurts them with the hands, takes them down, and then goes for the choke? That's
2: the kind of difficult part about those submissions and the TKO props, because a lot of times you see somebody win by submission after, like you said, he rocks the person on the right. first with the striking. Should be a bench. KO. Right. Or vice versa, we see somebody a grappler get on the ground and mount his opponent, and then start unleashing uh, punches and gets a stop that way, and he's a sub guy. So, yeah, those are kind of tricky. So, I think we will see some stabs because all those lines are a little bit overinflated because you got to protect the knockout side a little bit more, right? I mean, if they're going to bet Aspinall, that's the way they're going to probably bet in Right. People. So, those other lines are a little bit overinflated. So, we will attract some action there for sure.
1: Nick, I feel like you and I say this at the beginning of the show each and every week, which is you look at the card and it's deeper than you might think. Oh yeah. You know, after you get to the pay per views of UFC 272, and you look at Arnold Allen, and this is going to be another other guy here that you look at and say, wow, countrymen, they're going to be hyped in England to see him. And then Dan, the hangman hooker comes in and I took note of the scales. We're going to have to carry on a little bit later. And I took note. Okay. He was drawn a little bit, but he made 145. Yes, he did. So the hangman is back here. And right now, Allen feels like he's getting a little bit of the action here, minus 115. What do you make of this matchup?
2: Yeah, I mean, we have gotten some sharp action early on on the Allen side. So we're protecting that side and we're respecting that side for sure. Now, of course, you know Hooker's going to be the public dog out there and we're going to get some sharp action back in on him too. So this is one of those fights that you have two quality, well rounded fighters that it is going to attract two way sharp action. But early on, it's more so on the Allen side and it's kind of staying that way. We haven't seen that crazy amount of action come back in on Hooker yet. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if. We do see it on fight day.
1: And this is such an interesting matchup because when you look at Hooker, he looks like he's 6'7 at 145, <laughs> not six feet tall, right? Because right. he just looks so imposing in this weight class. And again, this is where he started, went up to 155. Maybe those guys are going to be too big for him. Do you think this is going to be a more comfortable weight for him back here at 45? I mean, he's like we said, he's been at 45 in the past. Then, you know, he, he
2: kind of bulked himself up Boy. a little bit. You know, and he filled in really well for 155. Now the question marks are back down to 145. The durability factor as well. I hope he is. I mean, I honestly question that just a little bit because I think Arnold Adolin is not getting kind of the respect he deserves as wow. far as the power on the feet, too. He's got more. I mean, he's more known for a decision type of guy right now pointing you. But I think he's got a little bit of underestimated power. And then the drop back down, we're going to see how Hooker's chin handles this.
1: Uh, The interesting thing for me when I look at the over-under, two and a half, and it's juiced heavily to the over. So right. people are expecting this possibly to go to a decision.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, both these guys are usually durable. The Allen side of things, if it hits a scorecards more times than not, you know, he's usually the winner on that in that aspect of things as well. The hooker side, I think in a, in a spot like this, not a lot of people are expecting him to finish Allen, but more decision him. So, yeah, I think it's right, and more people are going to bet the over than the under here.
1: All right, we always talk about when you have fight cards like this overseas, and Dana White, you know, Sean Shelby, they're very smart people when they handicap and put these fighters together. You're going to do them by region to really draw some interest. Then you have Patty Pimblett. My goodness, this kid is the fast riser here, and we saw that he he and Ilya Taporia were getting into what looked like some sort of fight. I don't know if it was stage, if it was setting up another fight because they're not fighting each other right. uh, tomorrow over there in England. But we see that uh, Penwood is a huge favorite. And, Nick, I wonder, this number has just gone up, up, up as the week has gone on. Vargas is he just that far out of his out of his class here at plus four fifty on the buyback? It's it's probably going to be a lot more competitive than people think. But Patty Pimlet
2: is one of these fighters that entering the UFC, he's got that other type of hype around him. He does, right? I mean, he's just an ultra popular fighter even before he hit the UFC roster. So all that, the high expectations, everything kind of surrounding him is inflating the line. And, of course, everybody wants to parlay him. If you're looking at March Madness behind us, I mean, it's getting crazy right Right. now, right? So people are looking for that extra piece to parlay. And if you're seeing some chalky favorites that are around minus 400, minus 500, that's almost an auto bet for some of these people.
1: It is. And the last couple weeks, we've had a lot of big favorites, over $3 favorites, and they've all pretty much cashed. So we haven't seen any big dogs uh, come in and bite some of these big favorites here. I just wonder, though, with Pimblet, is this a case of, I'm going to try to go out there and, and show off, Instead of do what I do to get the W, is there any danger in that? Because we've seen it with Sean O'Malley in the past, big favorites that kind of maybe a little bit overhyped to start off their UFC careers.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Vargas is not an easy out either, right? He's a very respectable opponent, so it's not like the UFC was just giving him an easy fight. I mean, this is going to be somewhat of a challenge for sure. And if he is overconfident, if he's going out there to try to put on a show, like you said, that might backfire. So. For me laying that kind of chalk especially where it is now I would probably stay away.
1: I'm tending to I'm picking yeah. up what you're putting down. Uh, Gunnar Nelson's going to be back in this card as well. He's almost a 5 dollar favorite over Takashi Sato here. This is an interesting fight that we talked about a little bit on Tuesday and again you understand why people over in the UK are going to back back their hearts with, with their dollars here but feels like boy this number keeps going up up yep. up minus 550 today. Yeah and
2: honestly we have more straights on the dog. But the parlay action, again, we're just getting lopsided parlay action with everybody trying to put Gunnar Nelson in parlays. And the market is climbing his way as well. So we don't want to be undercut that far off and then just get bombarded with parlays and some more straight bets too Mm -hmm. as well. So the line continues to increase that way. But you're right. He's been out for a couple years. I mean, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Gunnar Nelson. If this was a Gunnar in his prime and we knew it, I mean, this line would be probably short. That's how good he is. I mean, he gets you to the floor. That fight is over. And, of course, he's capable of competing on the feet as well. But those question marks are why this is kind of an iffy situation for me, but the public is not afraid to lay that job.
1: Feels like the total feels like the public might be split on this one a little bit because one and a half rounds here, almost even money. Any action coming in this way?
2: No, I mean, I think a lot of people are biting a little bit more with us, at least on the under right now, believe it or not, because again, that finishing ability that Gunnar Nelson has, all it takes is usually one takedown for him to get the fight down. And then the other side of it, Sato is such a good striker. That I mean, we've seen Gunnar Nelson hurt recently on the feed as well. So Sato's capable of doing that. So I think people are kind of siding with the under here.
1: We got Meatball back in action. Molly McCann, she's going to be on this card as well. It feels like a little bit of an uptick towards her price since we spoke on Tuesday with Liliana, uh Carolina here. Is that again meatball they love mccann
2: overseas well again and i'm kind of like favoring her as well i opened her higher than the market did too so as the market kind of catches up with us i'm extending that line up a little bit too because i don't want to get buried on her side and i don't right. want to take a, a lot of significant action on that side i think it will be competitive for sure carolina brings a lot of, of crazy stuff to the table meaning her intangibles her length you Know the way she goes about her fights, but I think McCann is the side this weekend, she should deliver. I think she's going to put on a really good I show, do, and she, you know, she's the type of fighter that really draws from that crowd as well, right? So, I think that's just going to put it over the top.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you on that one. Jai Herbert against Ilya Tapuria. We talked about Tapuria T- getting in a bit of a whatever that was with uh in, in the hotel. I wonder if he's overlooking his opponent here because he is a almost again six-hour favorite here.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's another spot where Tapuria coming in against Herbert. A lot of people don't really know. Too much about Herbert, right? He's had right. a couple fights in the UFC. This guy's an outstanding striker. He's not a bad fighter at all. So this is a spot where you can't overlook him, especially Taporia coming up a weight class to 155 right now, right? But Taporia has had some difficulties defensively on the feet, of course. And Taporia can get this fight to the floor and kind of grind people out as well. So that's what he's going to look to do probably to Herbert. I mean, he can probably knock him out. He can get it to the ground as well. So it's a difficult fight for Herbert, but Herbert is no bum.
1: When you have Maquan uh, Americani taking on Mike Grundy in the uh, prelims, that's when you know the card's pretty deep. Uh, is that the best fight you've seen on the prelims so far?
2: One of the highest bet, like, action-wise, we were talking about handle-wise, yes, it, it is definitely. I mean, now if you're looking at the price on Grundy, it's long gone. I mean, you were able to get a 130, minus 135, now he's minus 180, minus 190 climbing. So I think those of you guys that didn't get on Grundy yet, you probably missed the boat. So stay away, even though that tends to be, looks like it's going to be the sharp side. I still think if you could have got minus 130, do not lay minus 190.
1: Never chase a bad number. Right. That's a, a good rule of thumb. Uh, very quickly on the line, uh, UFC Fight Pass. Tell the people what they get when they tune in.
2: Yeah, we have Yanni the Greek, myself, and Brendan Fitzgerald. We put on shows, obviously, for the UFC Fight Pass shows, some of those. But for sure, some of the pay-per-views, all of them, we cover those. We have a pay-per-view coming up here in April, so tune in. UFC Fight Pass, so you catch us. All the latest gambling action, all our prop bets, everything in regards to gambling.
1: Nick, we can't let that shirt go. What is that? Tell the people what you're you got to go with Coach K's He's last He's going blood. with Coach K, people. That's right. Duke,
2: we'll, baby. we got to go with the Duke Blue Devils. We'll Been a fan since up. I was a kid, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be a tough tournament.
1: We'll bring that up next week as well. Nick, yes, I appreciate the time right. the information. When we come on back, Luke Vinacaro is going to join us. Come on back. It is First Strike right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
1: DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And you're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Dave Ross back here on First Strike on VEASAN. Always a pleasure. To have Lou Finicaro join us, follow him on Twitter as I do, at GamLou. And Lou, before we get into this UFC Fight Night card, uh, Volkoff and Aspinall over there, across the big pond in England, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast, the Bout Business Podcast. Tell the people what they get when they tune in each and every week.
4: Well, the first thing they get, Dave, uh, is uh, a synopsis of each fight card the UFC presents each year. There's 44 or so cards each week. There's a UFC card. There's a 16 to 18 minute synopsis of my final releases for that card. Many of which you get right here on first strike. If you happen to tune into both, there is definitely some overlap.
1: All right, let's uh, break down this card a little bit here. See if we find some of that overlap, because when we talked earlier this week in the Lombardi line, right here on VEASAN, the uh, the information you had on Patty Pimblett was very, very interesting to me. Now, he's over a $6 favorite now. As this price tag has just gone up, up, and away this week against Rodrigo Vargas. What do you make of Pimlet? We saw him get into a little bit of a kerfuffle, if you will, there with Tapuria. What do you make of this young lad over there in England that the people are just jacked up about?
4: Well, uh, what I get is that the UFC sees that they can boomerang this kid's popularity and his magnetism into seats in an arena, which they're doing. And they're propping him up, however, with this opponent that he's getting. Uh, He should be a five or 600 favorite. You can use him in parlays. Uh, Patty is an absolute fade moving forward. We just have to be judicious into which fight it's gonna be. Uh, But he has holes, he gets hit. uh, But this young uh, Vargas is there for a reason. And it's to ignite the crowd.
1: I'm I'm absolutely picking up what you're putting down there. Is this kind of a a Sugar Sean O'Malley situation for you? You say maybe the hype, you know, and then once O'Malley fought some real fighters, he started to struggle against guys like uh, Cheeto Vera. Is that what you might predict down the road? Not necessarily this week uh, for Pimblett.
4: No, because I regard O'Malley as a definite threat in that division, and he is. He's had to learn, yeah, but he was never paper tiger. This kid here,
1: all hype. Love it. All right, Lou, let's get into this card a little bit here. And I do like watching the meatball fight when Molly McCann takes into the octagon against Liliana uh, Carolina in this one. I'm seeing the price tag go up a little bit on McCann, too, as the week has gone on. She's now up to about a minus 140 betting favorite here. Is that getting a little bit too rich for your liking.
4: Well, first of all, you're paying a tax on every Wales, English, uh, Scottish fighter. Anyone in that region in London is gonna draw power and gambling money. So understand that those numbers on all those folks are gonna rise and you're already paying the tax. With regard to Molly, uh, her strong suit is determination, forward pressure, heart, grit, but she's not precise, she's not skilled, she's not very well-rounded, and the other girl happens to be. The issue in this fight, or the keys to this fight as I see them, will be in the larger cage. Can Carolina maintain spacing and time Molly when she rushes in to engage? Or will Molly be able to press her against the cage, take her distance away, and work her over? A great it's it's gonna be a great stylistic matchup in uh in the fight. Brawler. With that needs no room, elbows and slugging against a gal more precise that does have submission skills and could submit Molly.
1: You know it's interesting too when I look at the total rounds here, and again juiced heavily to the over at uh, almost four dollars here. Do you expect this one to be a little bit quicker because that under money is enticing at plus two seventy?
4: No, I tend to trust. The stats, as well as the bookmakers. When they hang a high total like this, that means one, this is going to be a decision fight. If it isn't, I believe that Carolina can catch Molly coming. Carolina is a long, tall drink of water, and she's got long arms and legs. Molly rushes in. A, a submission at Carolina at 11 to 1, that's a decent consideration.
1: All right, absolutely. And by the way, Lou, you mentioned over there paying the price tag on it. My mother's maiden name is McNichol. So we, uh, we Wales people, we get, we're probably going to pay a little bit more this weekend as well. Uh, let's talk about the, the, the co-main event in the evening here, and this should be a really intriguing matchup. Uh, certainly whenever you have the hangman back in action here down at 145 pounds, Dan Hooker at minus 105 against Arnold Allen here. And we understand, again, the hype around Allen. But unlike Pimwood a little bit here, it does feel like Allen could be the real deal. But boy, whenever you have Dan Hooker in there, a motivated Dan Hooker, that's just not an easy out. How do you handicap this when it feels like a little bit of the money's starting to go Allen's way?
4: It it has gone Allen's way a little bit, and it's interesting. I I, I see a really really competitive fight. Uh, because I can't dis- I can't discount what Allen's done, even though he's been somewhat inactive. He did beat a year ago Sadiq Yusuf, who just won last mm-hmm. week. So Allen ha- Allen has capability. And Hooker dropping down to 45 made the cut, and he looked marvelous. He's going to be longer, taller, bigger. He's been in with the who's who of the 55. It's no shame losing to guys named Makachev and Poirier at all. (laughs) The way I handicap this fight is to run from trying to pick a side, because I can talk myself into either. Rather, my position on this fight is that the fight goes to decision. You still got to pay minus 145 or minus 150. But these two guys are tough. They're durable. And I think this goes to decision.
1: Yeah, I, I understand that rationale as well. I can talk myself into either side too, especially with two fighters that you like to root for and you, you like to watch fight. But I do worry, and you said he made the weight no problem, Dan Hooker in this one. And I saw that you saw him on the scales. He looked good. But we've seen other fighters go down. TJ Dillashaw comes to mind here. Jose Alde went down in weight. He's looked pretty good moving down. Do you ever worry about older fighters moving down in weight and the chin can't hold up anymore?
4: No, I, I don't unless they show that to me rather with hook with hooker. If I'm worried about anything, it's the damage he's taken at 55. And then he go he goes down and maybe he's just a, a, a half a step slower and he's going to need to be half step quicker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This should be a very intriguing fight in the co-main. All right. We have to get to the main event. Of course, when you have Alexander Volkov taking on uh, Tom Aspinall here and, and Aspinall, and I was saying this earlier with, with Nick Kalikas earlier in the program. We went back and watched all of his fights this week, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do that because he's not a guy that likes to go in there and wait. Even a guy like Andre Orlovsky, as we saw him finish, uh, the former heavyweight champion in the second round. What do you make at Aspinall? I can understand why the money's gone his way with this fight being in England, but is this too much too soon? And is it getting a little bit too inflated for you?
4: I think that I was surprised at the opener, Dave, that Volkov was only minus 120. Now, yes. The line has switched, it's coming in on Aspinall. I think it's the area and, and people moving lines on air, and although there may be some people here in the States because the lines moving here as well. Uh, I don't buy it. His best victory against a guy named Sergey Spivak, who's a legitimate top 15 heavyweight, but Spivak doesn't qualify as anywhere near the competition that Volkov's faced in his last five, seven fights. Volkov's taller, longer, only 33 years old. This is too much too quick for Aspinall. I like Volkov as the dog, plus 110, plus 115. I also like the fight to start round four or the over three and a half. You're not getting Volkov out of there quick. His plan is to take this kid deep. Aspinall's never seen the third round in a pro fight. He's going to see one on Saturday.
1: Yeah, that is a very interesting handicap. And again, the over-under is set at three and a half. So for a guy like Aspinall, as you mentioned, who just hasn't even seen a third round, let alone going to a fourth round, do you think there is value in, in a decision for Volkov victory here, or do you think he might get a late stoppage?
4: I, ex- I expect a decision. I'm not going to discount Aspinall's toughness, his athleticism and his grit. However, I'm going to question the fact that he doesn't belong in with Volkov at this juncture in his career. This is his Ph.D. that he'll be awarded in MMA.
1: You know, I mentioned earlier, too, when you look at the prelims and you see Amir Khani against Grundy in this one, you know what a fight uh, potentially that could be here. It's been all one-way traffic on Mike Grundy this week. So if you liked Grundy's side, I think you missed the better of the number. But is that still the right side in your estimation, Lou?
4: It was never the right side, to be honest. They're betting him because he's fighting and offering this for his father who's terminally ill, and that's a terrible story. And while that adds motivation to Grundy it also adds emotion which isn't necessarily good in an MMA fight Grundy's skills and tools are limited and Mirkani is really deft on the ground I see the underdog as one live underdog in this fight Uh, I don't believe in Grundy and I wish his father and his family the best.
1: Uh, Very well said and again maybe if you want to stay on the Mirkani side you just wait because all the money has been coming in on Grundy uh, as we get closer and closer to fight night. Hey, Lou, appreciate the time and the information. As always, again, follow him on Twitter, at Gamblew, and check out the Bout Business Podcast. Lou, enjoy the fights. We'll see you next week.
4: Thanks for having me, Dave. Good luck, everyone.
1: Always a great conversation with Lou. When we come back, Jordan Sherwood from Chicago is going to join the program right here. It is for a strike off Easton, the East. of Sports Betting Network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets Podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts, tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the entire country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets Podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast back here on First Strike on Visa and I'm your host, Dave Ross. A pleasure, as always, to be joined by Jordan Sherwood out of ESPN Chicago. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at WoodOn1063. Jordan, before we get to UFC fight night over there, overseas in England, we had Nick Kalikas on early in the day, and he had a Duke shirt on. Do you want to give the people out your bracket Final Four, who you have as we are in the middle of March Madness?
5: Well, I mean, I'm supporting my alma mater, uh, <laughs> at least till the Sweet 16. I knew it. I, but it's, yeah, they're not going, I don't believe they're going further than that because I think Arizona is cutting down the nets. They're the best team that I've seen play. Uh, so it's, 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 it's chalky. It's extremely chalky. It's Arizona. It's Gonzaga. It's Purdue and it's uh, Kansas uh, getting out of the, uh, uh, their region to get to the Final
1: Four. We're good on that, Jordan, because I got uh, Purdue five to one to get to the Final Four. Let's get nice. to uh, let's get to the big one over there this weekend. And again, the card is really good, and you can understand what Dana White, Sean Shelby are doing when they match make and they get a lot of UK fighters over there in England and London uh, for this uh, main event. And again, by the way, people, if you're going to wager on this, and I hope you are, you better get up early with the time difference over there in jolly old London. Let's talk about Patty Pimblett because he is the most interesting fighter on this card to me. Lou Finnecaro, who we just had on, not a big fan. Thinks there's a lot of holes in his games It might not show up this week. Over a $6 betting favorite against Rodriguez Vargas. What do you make of Vargas here? Is there any chance for a huge upset by the big-time dog?
5: Uh, I, I mean, I think there is a chance because that dude does hit hard. And what we saw in Patty Pimblett's UFC debut is that he does take a lot of shots as his defense, especially on a standup game uh, has a lot of holes. And you know, when he gets up into the upper echelon of the lightweight division, those will have to be shored up. Otherwise he's going to be, have his lights put out. So I, I understand a little bit of hesitation and I kind of agree with Lou, even though, yeah, it's too much chalk to lay Pimblett via submission probably is going to be in play because not a lot of people understand that he does have uh, some very strong grappling acumen, but my play on this fight is actually just on the total and on the under, Mm. I think the combination, yeah, the combination between Pimblet and, you know, him wanting to showcase himself for the, the, you know, the local crowd, the live crowd. And that's another big deal too. Like, look, it's the first time in three years they've been, the last time they were there live in front of fans, Jorge Masvidal knocked out Darren Till. Uh, Vargas has dynamite in his hands, Pimblett a little bit questionable defensively. So that's why I'm on the under at one and a half. But I think Pimblett should roll. This is a showcase fight for him. The UFC sees a budding star. They need those European stars. So Pimblett certainly, you know, kind of like a squash match, if you will. But uh, I question the chin. I question the defense. That's why I just look at the total on this play.
1: It's a great point, too, about the the crowd over there. They love their fights in England, certainly in London. We've seen that with heavyweight matchups and boxing in years past, and certainly the UFC. So it's going to be raucous for their fighters. I put them in air quotes here. Another one of their fighters is Arnold Allen. Again, a small favorite here, taking a little bit of the money against the hangman, Dan Hooker. Uh, are you as worried as I am of Hooker coming back to 45? Uh, Lou says he looked good at the weigh-in Today. We saw the social media post. He looked good. That doesn't necessarily know that the body can handle that weight cut anymore. What do you make of this matchup here? Yeah, there's
5: a couple of a couple of things that worry me about Dan Hooker's now drop back down to 145. A, he said years ago that he would never drop back down to 145. You'd have to pay him a million dollars to do so. <laughs> I guarantee the UFC is not giving him a million dollars to make this weight cut. Uh, so that's that's a b. You got to remember too the wars that he's been in. Like he went, you know, five of right. the best rounds with Paul Felder, then five of the best rounds with Dustin Poirier. And look, he he's been kind of smashed in two of his last three fights. Albeit it was against you know uh, uh, Islam Makachev and, and Michael Chandler, two of the best fighters in the lightweight division. But now you're going in there against an up-and-comer, a guy that really has hole, no holes in this game, back down to 145, and a guy that's a good grappler, a good submission specialist, uh, and, and can also win fights stand-up. We saw that in Arnold Allen's last fight against Sadiq Youssef. So I think there's tremendous value in Arnold Allen, Dollar 10. I think people are buying into the name of Dan Hooker. They're buying into the the you know, obviously the the collection of competition, which is better. Dan Hooker's fought the better fighters, but I think Arnold Allen. Uh, another guy, another opportunity for him. He's in. He's in the co-main event slot for a reason. I think there's a lot of value at a dollar ten. I'd even bet, bet that up to a dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five. That's how much confidence I have in Arnold Allen to win this fight.
1: Wow, that should be a heck of a main event, a co-main event there. Uh, let's get to Jai Herbert against Ilya Taporia because Taporia was barking with Pimblett. Looked like they had some sort of. I don't know what that was in the hotel lobby. We've seen this with fighters before. I don't know if that was potentially set up the next fight between these two, but that would lead me to believe that Taporia is looking by Jai Herbert. Is that uh, fool's gold a little bit? Uh, in Could potentially have an upset here with Herbert as a big-time underdog?
5: Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, Jai Herbert's going to be another guy that's going to get some public money because he's the local fighter. Uh, you know, stumbled a little bit in his UFC career, but that's because he's fought a very high level of competition. Francisco Trinado, Hanaito Mikano, his two losses in the UFC, but Ilya Tapora is, is unbeaten for a reason, very well schooled. Got, he's got dynamite in his hands and he's got submissions. I know. I, I don't think Jay Herbert wins this fight. I don't think there's money in the dog. I think there's value inside the distance for Tapora likely via submission. Because uh, we saw Jay Herbert just get submitted by Hung my McConnell. So, similar fashion, I think that's going to happen. Tapuria is going to look for the submission finish. And yeah, he's likely going to call out the hometown boy, Patty Pimblett, <laughs> after that and try and get a big time showcase fight. Maybe even a co main event, main event, both of their guys next time out. Uh, which would be smart? It'd be a smart strategy, smart business decision for Elliot Tapura.
1: I could see that as a main event overseas again with Tapuria and uh, and Pimblet If that does come to fruition, both those gentlemen as big favorites in their fights. Let's get to the uh, to the last fight on the on the prelims. And when you have Maquana Mirakani is a, a rather sizable dog, and that number has gone up uh, in uh, against him this week with Mike Grundy. A lot of people backing Grundy here. What do you make of this inflated number? Because I believe it started around a dollar thirty, and now it's almost two dollars. Hours with Grundy
5: yeah I think it's it's a combination of a few things one Makwan Urban has lost three fights in a row uh you know he got knocked out his last time out uh in brutal fashion Mike Grundy's a wrestler a high level wrestler uh there's a motivational story that I believe Grundy's gonna have his father in his corner mm-hmm. it's the first time that that's happened in quite some time so Mike Grundy also hometown favorite but I, I'm not going to Marconi he, he does okay he, there's questions about his cardio and Grundy certainly has strong cardio, but Armarkani, I think can match him wrestling. And we're talking about mixed martial arts wrestling. We're not talking about, uh, you know, amateur Olympic style wrestling. Right. So Michael Armarkani, I think has a, has a chance to win this fight, steal this fight. If he just monitors his cardio and output, And plus, the fact, too, he's done quite well uh, in the European circuit and fighting in Europe, as opposed to when he's had to travel across the pond to fight in the United States. So that's why I think there's a little small value. uh, And he's being under undermined a little bit is is Makwan or Makani.
1: Let's get to the main event here with Volkov against Aspinall. And again, it it is interesting because when you we all know the skill set that Alexander Volkov brings in the octagon and We know his height, his length, and he can keep people at distance. Aspinall can fight you both ways, right? We've seen it. We can go for double legs and try to shoot those takedowns, but also wants to throw those hands and does not like to spend a lot of time in the octagon. What do you make of this main event matchup?
5: Yeah, I think, look, it's funny that Aspinall started out as the dog. Now he's the betting favorite. Uh, people are high on Aspinall. The UFC identified him very early on in his cage warriors career, or excuse me, his Bama career, that this was a next big time up and comer European heavyweight. And he is, here's his opportunity. I think he gets it done. You know, Volkov obviously presents issues at six foot seven long reach, but Aspinall's the better boxer. He certainly can take this fight to the ground and probably look for a submission prop I've seen that up there. Uh, there, There's some prop value I believe in there. I just think Aspinall's better. And I think he gets it done inside the distance too. Not worried about the cardio. That's the one question people have. Oh, Aspinall hasn't fought five rounds. He hasn't even fought three rounds. What's he gonna do? There's a reason. It's because he's extremely talented. Plus the fact Volkov's not going to give him that type of fight where it's going to have to go into deep waters because Volkov's not going to look to wrestle and grapple. He's going to look to stand. Mm-hmm. Aspinall's a better boxer. So I like Aspinall. I think he wins it handedly.
1: Wow. Very interesting handicap there. Okay, we've got a new podcast, out. we got about 45 seconds to go. The Unnamed MMA Podcast on ESPN Chicago. I think it's a brilliant name, first and foremost. Tell the people what they get when they check in.
5: Yeah, we're just, we're just not creative enough to come up with a, with a good name for it. No, I mean, similar handicap and dive a little bit deeper try and give you some some underdog picks that we like, why we like them but in a similar format to us. You're going to get my picks. You're going to get my selections. Uh, and, and a little bit of banter uh, as well from uh, Adam Abdallah, one of our guys over at ESPN Chicago.
1: I mean, look, the horse with no name was a very popular song. Maybe the unnamed <laughs> MMA podcast. You might have a future there, too. Jordan, always appreciate the time and the information. We'll catch up again next week. Enjoy the fights. All talk right, to you later. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back, Reed Kuhn is going to join the program. As always, we'll get his thoughts uh, from the uh, models to see how they look. Come on back. It's First Strike on v Sports Betting Network. Before you place your next
2: bet, visit vcin.com for all the latest data and powerful betting tools. Start with our live odds, team comparisons, and previews for every game on the schedule. Then dive deeper with live tracking of betting trends and line movements. And don't miss our unique tools including odds comparisons from sportsbooks across the country, prop bet Search Engine, and Custom Parlay Calculator. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vcin.com today.
1: Compete for free with the Modelo Golden Ticket Challenge. Join three UFC contests to fight for your share of 20 grand in total cash and prizes. Plus find out if you're going to walk away with the Modelo Golden Ticket and claim four seats to every pay-per-view fight for an entire year. Head to DraftKings.com slash Modelo right now to get in on all the action. Modelo, the official beer partner of the UFC. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 years or older. Terms, conditions, eligibility, and rules are at DraftKings.com. Please drink responsibly. Dave Ross back here on First Strike right here on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to be joined by Reed Kuhn. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Fightnomics. He is the author of the same book, Fightnomics. Reed, let's get right to it, because your models have been hot, 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 my friend, the last couple of weeks. They normally always stay hot. They've just gotten hotter than usual. I want to start off maybe on the undercard and maybe a fight that's off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, what do you see with Jack Shore here right now, almost even money in his matchup?
6: Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, when I looked at it a week ago, it was about 145, plus 145 on Jack Shore. And that number has slowly been trickling towards even money. Um, so uh, no surprise here. I'm also on the same side as the market. I see a lot of potential in this guy. He's undefeated. He's also facing a guy who with a similar record, which is it's kind of bizarre. This fight is buried on the undercard. These are two potential up and comers. Uh, they're looking solid on paper. But what Timur Valiev does well, Jack Shore does better. Mm. Uh, So Jack Shore has been uh, also a busy striker, also very accurate with his hands, but much better defense on the flip side. So that means if they are getting in exchanges, I'm worried about Valiev's chin keeping up. But on the ground, Jack Shore has been relentless, tons of takedowns, very effective, dominating people on the ground. And yeah, they both have the grappling credentials, but the people who do it actually bring it to the cage and successfully pull it off that's something to look at. There's that one stat I always look at, how much share of their fight time is spent on the ground controlling opponents, both of those, not only on the ground, but also controlling your opponents. It's very revealing because wrestling uh, makes for a safe bet.
1: Yeah, wrestling, I, I, that's why I was a terrible wrestler. It's a good point there about Jack Shore. Let's talk about Sergey Pavlovich here. Uh, over a $3 favorite here, uh, reading his matchup. Is this too big of a favorite? Do you think there's a, or there's a reason why it's priced that way? Yeah,
6: this is another one where I think the market hurt my price <laughs> come fight day. Um, Pavlovich, 84-inch reach. He's, <laughs> he's much rangier. He's uh, over a decade younger. He has been finishing people. His accuracy looks amazing. Now, Granted, we've got a small sample size in this guy because he's been finishing people so quickly. Um, but on the feet, looks pretty solid. And uh, Shamil at 40 years old, he's been getting finished by not even getting dropped out in open water, like finishing on the inside, you know, elbows Mm -hmm. and punches on the ground. So that's a big concern. Um, This this was definitely Pavlovich early on. I've seen the price go up. I still think there's value. This guy is probably going to be a parlay anchor.
1: Okay, it sounds like it there. uh, Minus at 320 is what we're seeing right now. We talked a little bit about uh, Ilya Tapurio taking on uh, Herbert in this one against uh, Tapurio right now. Almost a $6 betting favorite. That number has gone up precipitously uh, throughout the week here. What are the models showing this one? I just worry if Tapurio is looking past him for bigger fish to fry down the road.
6: Yeah, I, I think uh, the price went up for a reason. I think this one has the most stylistic mismatch of all, all the matchups that I see. Um, Tapuria, that number that I mentioned, you know, controlling opponents on the ground, Tapuria actually rates as the highest on the entire card. Wow. So we know that he can put you on your back and control you there. And Jai Aber, this is a guy who's never even attempted a takedown, but his takedown defense at just 30%, that is less than half of average. So that means he is very much exposed if he gets on the ground here. Now, he is a huge, rangy guy, like very long for that weight class. And he has good hands. He has accurate hands and he has good power. He's been knocking people down. But Tapurier, you know, he hasn't taken any damage. And uh, if he can survive that early storm, I think he puts this on the ground and that's where he finishes it.
1: You know, Reed. before we get to the the co-main and the main event of the evening here, I do want to just kind of enlighten people on the models because I'm always fascinated with the data that you need to really feel confident when you put these in as we get to fighters, let's say like Hooker and Arnold, because you know that Arnold Allen doesn't have the volume of work that a guy like Dan Hooker has. Before you break down that fight specifically, just tell the people what you're looking for for that data to get into those models.
6: Yeah, we actually require at least three UFC appearances. Um, so we'll get to the main event and why that one's a little weird, but mm-hmm. at least three prior UFC appearances. So we're trying to create performance metrics based on those UFC caliber opponents and then also factor in some outside of the cage factors, um, you know, what their training history is and also what we call anthropometrics, which is basic human measurement. So that combined with their performance metrics and that of their opponents gets all matched up and, and thrown into the model. Um, we're also looking at just value against line. You know, we don't, sometimes we'll make a bet, but it's not because we actually expect the guy to win. It's just, we're saying there's value in this line as a steep underdog, because things do happen. Upsets do happen, mm-hmm. injuries can be hidden. There is a lot of stuff that's noise and wild cards that we can't factor in. And you can actually bank on some of that helping you out every once in a while. Well, uh, so that's the overall approach. Uh, but when, when it comes to sample size, guys who have a lot of minutes, that makes me a little bit more confident. It's the guys who finish fights in one minute and then they count as having three fights with three first-round finishes, it's a little lower confidence.
1: That's, we'll get to that main event with Tom Aspinall might fit that equation. But what was that word again for, for base, the human? Uh, the human uh, Anthropo- anthropometrics. Yeah, I, I did not, uh, would not have gotten that one on the SATs <laughs> correct. All right, let's get to Arnold Allen against Dan Hooker here. Again, the hangman coming back down to his old weight class here, 145. Had some success at 55, but maybe bit off a little bit too much there. Said he would never come back. Here he is against Arnold Allen. And again, we understand why it's not just hype with Allen. This is legit. And we've seen the price tag go up up slightly here. $1.15 is what we're seeing right now at DraftKings. What do you make of this matchup? What do the models show? Because I know you have a ton of it. And do you switch it up for, for Dan based on his 55 numbers versus his 45 numbers? Or are they all thrown into the same pile?
6: Yeah, unfortunately, in this case, they're all thrown into the same pile. So this is a situation where I have to adjust based on which direction and which bet I'm looking at. So in this case... This is yet another matchup this week where the odds flipped. I mean, there's been several. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot more movement this week than usual, and I don't know why that is, <laughs> if it's because of the England crowd kicking in. Um, but this is one where we were looking at Allen as as a play here, and now he's flipped into the favorite position, so we're not the only ones clearly backing this guy. But it's it's ever so slight. I mean, this this line should stay very tight because when you line these guys up, very similar strengths. They Mm -hmm. both know how to control the distance game. Um, They're competent on the ground. They don't really rely on it, but they're just very efficient strikers. But the biggest glaring difference that I see is in the defense. Dan Hooker is notorious for being tough. And that is sometimes a proxy for saying (laughs) the guy gets hit a lot. The guy gets hit a ton. Um, So it's not just that Arnold Allen has better defense. I'm looking at their defense and I'm saying. Dan Hooker straight up has bad defense, and Arnold Allen has very good defense. It's not just a relative situation, it's like they are on different sides of the pond here. Um, So that could be a difference. However, as you mentioned, we've got Dan Hooker who earned those statistics Mm -hmm. against bigger, tougher fighters, and now he's coming down, and he is going to be the much rangier guy. So that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I wouldn't want to be laying a lot of juice on Allen in this situation, knowing that he's suddenly going to be facing someone that's used to competing against bigger opponents. That gives me a bit of pause, but I do think this goes the distance. That's another angle on this fight. I think over 2.5 or fight goes the distance to a decision. That's also a safe play, I think. Um, That comes from the totals model. We do have a lot of data. I mean, it's not like there's lacking in fights here. I mean, both fighters have well over 100 minutes of octagon time. That's plenty of sample size for me. Um, But neither one of them is truly a knockout artist either. So I do think this is going to be competitive. It's going to go the distance. I'm hoping for Allen, you know, maybe it's a split decision. It depends. Uh, But I think it's maybe his better defense that helps him out here.
1: Yeah, and again, the over is juiced to two and a half rounds. You can understand why, but that does seem like If this goes to script, you would think it would go over that total and possibly go to a decision, maybe find better value in the fight going to a decision if you're a little bit leery about which side to be on because that should be a very competitive co-main event. Let's get to the main event of the evening. You mentioned Aspinall. Guy gets in there and he gets out of there. Doesn't break a sweat a whole lot here. Might have to break one against Alexander Volkov. The money's come in on Aspinall. You can understand why in England. So those models, how do they look at Aspinall here with limited octagon time?
6: So we actually run a lot of models when we're looking at any given matchup. And I do see situations where people are falling on both sides. Um, so we're, we're picking one winner versus a different winner, opposite side, different model. Um, some are risk-seeking, some are more conservative. In this situation, because of that limited sample size, we have just 11 minutes of data for Tom Aspinall versus 168 minutes wow. for Alexander Volkov. That guy will go five rounds with the best. So this is a volatile pick it's giving me pause. Again, this the flipping of the odds actually helps me here. I'm going to go with a small play on Volkov as an underdog. I wouldn't want to lay a lot of juice. Basically, this is a fight where I say, are these numbers even believable? Aspinall's numbers are so amazing, they are probably unbelievable. He's going to have some regression to the mean. Volkov is that kind of fighter. He keeps you at range. He's going to pick you apart. I think this takes a while to develop. And I'm going to take a small stab at the underdog here.
1: All right, should be a heck of a fight and a fight card. Reed, appreciate the time and the information. Enjoy the fights, everybody. It is first strike here on Veasan, the sports betting network.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.